soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Bram, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. If God wants to redistribute wealth, you, you know, let him redistribute it. The earth is the Lord's and everything there in it. A man can receive nothing. A woman can receive nothing unless it comes from above. And the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. And blessed be the name of the Lord. And what did Job say to his wife? Hey, we praise him when he blesses us. We need to praise him and bless him when we have adversity too. Should we not bless him in adversity? God sees and God knows. Now, again, the context is injustice. And whatever injustices you might face in life, you just need to remember from this story that God sees and God knows. He knows the conflict. He knows all the details. He knows the truth. And his silence doesn't mean he's favoring one side or another. It doesn't mean he's indifferent or not acting. There is always more at work. What is he teaching Jacob from having deceived his father in these 20 years? What is he teaching Laban for always being in it for the money? Wasn't Laban always in it for the money? When Eliezer showed up to get a a bride for Isaac, the son of Abraham, Laban's like, oh my goodness, he saw the wealth that Eliezer showed up from the house of Abraham. He's like, hey, we've got room, come here. What did we see last chapter a couple weeks ago? I see that God has blessed you, you prosper, and I'm prospering because of you. You make more money for me, don't go. That's all some people ever see, and you'll never change them. Some people, you can never change them. They're takers, and you hope someday they'll be broken before the Lord and they'll become givers. But some people were born takers, we all are, and some people just die takers, and you can't change them and stop them from being a taker. You need to keep it outside the camp and pray for them until your last breath. But God sees and God knows. Many of you have faced injustices. Some of you will face injustices. When I sat in the car in Russia for three hours and listened to the injustices against a good man that loves the Lord who took over, became the pastor of a church when it was abandoned by the previous pastor. And I thought of all the good things this man had done for the Lord and what he'd given up in a strong position in in the Russian government and the attacks that he shared with me that he had been through as a result of that. God sees God knows. You might never see injustices made straight in your lifetime. Then again, you might. But we want to be part of the solution, and I believe we are. Injustices never end in the human experience until Christ reigns on the throne. We don't ever want to be the one perpetrating the evil eye, the false statements, the the disfavored look. We don't want to be those people. We want to let it go and be at peace with God and humanity. And where it's not good, we got to make those offerings to the Lord and know that God sees and God knows. The conflict, the details, 
the chime that cannot be unraveled, that is the human drama. It's like chimes. If you ever get a chime, you can't untangle. We had one. We all tried. We could never untangle it. I really wanted to. It was a, it was a favorite chime from Cambria. We just, everyone, and once Jacob couldn't do it, I knew it couldn't be done. Because he's got a mind that works a certain way that he could if it could be done. And there's things in life that are like, it's like a chime you can't untangle. And you say, I, I'll never know till that side of eternity. God sees, God knows, you give it to the Lord. He sees and knows. Don't ever think that he doesn't see and know what's going on. He does. But the second thing we see is he speaks too. Because God spoke to Jacob. You got to appreciate that. I mean, God spoke. And in the context of verse 3, he spoke without Jacob seeking him. Look what it says there in verse 3. Then the Lord said to Jacob. It doesn't say, Jacob cried to the Lord, oh, these injustices, how unfair these people are. I'm, I'm putting in the prayer request, which would have been perfectly fine and even quite wise and practical to do. He, he didn't draw near to the Lord that we know of. We just know that all this is happening. He's just like, oh, my goodness, like, this is an overwhelming situation. And then the Lord speaks to Jacob. And this is not in a dream here with an angel. This is like, hey, skip the dream and the angel. I'm talking directly to you. I'm going to give you really simple instruction. Return to the land of your fathers. That's the promised land that God promised to the descendants. And to your family, extended family, Isaac, and I will be with you. It's one sentence. At this low point of injustice, what do I do? I feel trapped here. My father-in-law controls everything. He has greater strength than me. He can kill me. He can stop me. He could kill me, keep all my kids, my wives, all this stuff. He could do any number of things to me. Because later on in this chapter, Laban tracks him down. He goes, you know, it's in my hand to do you ill. I can do you ill. And it was. He's the bigger, stronger force. Whatever the entourage and assets of people and weapons and equity that Laban had, it was more than Jacob because he said, I could do you anything I want to right now and you can't stop it. And Jacob didn't say, no, you can't. But God did say to Laban, hey, speak neither good nor evil. Don't touch this man. Don't touch this man. But Jacob could, so you just, but Laban could do that to Jacob. So you can imagine what Jacob's, like just the overwhelming how he feels. Like you think about family drama and all this is happening. is like, what do I do? Like, oh my goodness, this is just completely overwhelming. And he's not like super strong in the Lord that we can see in the text. Like he strengthened himself in the Lord like David did when the Amalekites attacked and took everything he had. It doesn't say that. Just He's like, oh, and the Lord speaks to him. That's grace. And that's a good reminder to all of us. It's not because we're really good people that God's going to solve our problems for us. It's because he's a great savior and a loving God that he sees our problems and he wants to use them for good in our lives. That's what we can see here. God speaks. Now, we are told in the New Testament, if we lack wisdom to draw near to the Lord and he'll draw near to us, we're actually promised in situations like this where we lack wisdom, like, oh my goodness, what do we do? Do we let this go? Would we sue these people? I, I would never want to sue these people. This is, but they're taking everything. And you just don't know sometimes. Like, you just, when there's injustice, sometimes we need to stand up and sometimes we need to walk away. And sometimes we're called to stand up, and more often than not, it's for someone else. Like we're the defender, we're the mediator, we're the, we're the watchman, we're the watchwoman, we're the one standing in the gap. You know, it takes a lot of courage to stand up to injustices. 
But the people that we most esteem in human history for standing up to injustices are people who stood up for injustices, not against themselves, but on behalf of others, the defenseless, which is exactly what the Bible tells us to do. So if you stand up for injustices against you because someone ripped you off and you want to go to court, well, that's your business. And if you win all that five, ten years later, that's your business. But if it's injustice against you, you can cry out to the Lord, give that to the Lord, and let him fight your battles. And as Pastor Chuck used to say at Calvary Costa Mesa, he's a much better fighter of your battles than you are. He has much more resources to replace what's been taken, to comfort what's been lost, and to deal with those who have perpetrated against you, which he wants to teach you to let go and commit to him. The injustices that we admire what people stick up for are people like Martin Luther King Jr. walking on Selma on behalf of civil rights that are justifiable civil rights. That's, those are, you know, that's where you might take a stand. Those people are rare. It's rare to find, you know, it's very human nature to fight for injustice against you. It's quite another to go deeper in the character and integrity of a woman of God or a man of God to be willing to stand up and, and take hits when you're standing up for injustice against other people. Might be something, there might be things God has for you and I in 2020 to stand up for injustices and speak truth. We need to cry out to the Lord and he will speak and he will guide us and he'll show us what to do. You might be in a certain situation within your family. You might be in a certain situation within your job. You might be in a certain situation within your ethnicity and the country you live in or just the country you live in, or the place God's put you in a bot in the church, in a church, or anything in society, you just don't know if your entire life is moving towards something where you stand up for the rights of others against injustices as the Lord leads you and guides you. You might just be like Esther for such a time as this. And it surely was an injustice to execute and try to eradicate the Jewish people from the planet. And what did she say? If I live, I live. If I die, I die. But I'm standing up for my people. And I'm going to do the one thing I can do. Injustices are a very interesting thing. But it's good to know that God spoke in this injustice. And again, he knows and he saw it all. He saw everything Jacob kind of knew but didn't completely understand. God knew, God saw And then God spoke. God spoke. This is part of the topic tonight. Our lives might be just for the purpose of letting God speak to us that we would speak up for others. Because his character has never changed. And the defense of the defenseless, whoever that might be, a voice for the innocent who cannot raise their voice, I just don't think you can ever go wrong when you're that mediator and you're that advocate for those things. I just don't think you can go wrong. Now, coming back to the fullest context and the truest context of this story, God spoke to Jacob what to do next. And he said, you need to go. God gave him clarity. And again, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God, and he will guide us, he will lead us. He promises in the New Testament to draw near to the Lord, and he'll draw near to us. He promises to guide and lead us in any situation. Let, let it go in the courts. Give it to the Lord. Let it go. Drop the suit. Let it go. Just resign the position. Let it go. Again, 
draw that distinction. Think about when it's against you versus others, and you might be the person called to defend them. That's a parenthetical thought. However it applies to your life, may God guide you. But coming back to the fullest context here, God spoke. God will speak to us. I've watched many people in this church in 15 years go through some terrible injustices at work, with family and extended families, and I've watched them give those things to the Lord in the court systems and other places and learn that God knows, God sees, and God knows, and he's going to have the final say. And we're trusting him to raise us from the grave. We're trusting him to raise us from the grave. So I'm thinking the same Savior, it's reasonable to apply our faith, that the same Savior who will raise the dead can take care of the injustices against us. When Debbie's mom was put in the grave in Long Beach, it took the air out of my lungs. I did that memorial. I didn't expect it. I'm just a minister doing my job. And Debbie's here tonight. Because her mom came to WG, and she loved this church, and she loved me. But when... They put her casket in the ground. You don't see that too often, but sometimes you do. It's like this, the air went, went out of my lungs. It, it went out of my lungs like, like, you know, like the wind's knocked out of you, like when you got punched, like playing football or something. And I don't remember what I said for the next 10 minutes, but I know it was prophetic and powerful because I had this whole vision that that's not the end. That is not the end. Of course, Donna, your father, graveside, not the end. The rain, all of it, surreal, not the end. And it's not the end because Jesus does raise us up. And we're trusting him as the savior of an empty tomb to raise us up. We can trust him to take those injustices, speak to us about them, and let us, help us, let them go and give them to him. And if he wants to make it straight in time, space, and matter, he will. If he doesn't, he won't. And if he doesn't have a plan to make it straight in time, space, and matter, and injustice, why would we want to force that on him? Wouldn't we think there's a better blessing in eternity? I mean, if there's an injustice on the scale of justice for our life, and God does not make it right in time, space, and matter while we're alive, that's just more blessing in the equity of the bank account and the estate and the trust in heaven because he will make it right. So he can make it right in this dimension, temporal, which would also affect eternal. But if he doesn't make it right in the temporal, how much more is it right in the eternal? So the same God who raises from the grave is when we're trusting to make straight injustices in our life and speak to us about them and bring us through them that we can give them to him, like Jacob. Is he going to take Laban to small claims court and try and prove that, hey, I had a dream. God said, when they're speckled, speckled, spotted, spotted. <laughs> I just, oh, you pick your bowels like, oh, God, help. And you just, I don't even know what to do. And God said, here's what you do. You go back to where you came from because you are the son of promise and the promises are in the promised land. And we're done here. Go. Now, what's interesting is our third point here, because God knows, and he knows the details of the conflict. He speaks to those who are in it. Jacob's response is important, because when God shows us what to do, we need to act on it. And we do see action. We see motion. We see Jacob doing what he's told to do. Like, I mean, it's not beautiful. It's not pretty. (laughs) I mean, it's not a pretty departure. Like, we, you know, we want, like, everything to go well with the extended relatives and the in-laws. And we just want to, like, have a happy wedding. We want to have a happy baptism, christening. Like, we want things happy. They don't go happy if you haven't figured that out already. 
It's not always pretty. A lot of weddings don't end up happily ever after. There's just things that happen. And there's, it's, there's nothing you can do. Like, it's a human experience. We can't change yesterday. I mean, when I got the call from the hospital Friday night a week ago, my mom was still cognizant and was confused thinking her dog was in the car. And I told the nurse, no, tell her Daisy's at home. Jimmy took her home. Everything's fine. Jimmy will be there in the morning. And I thought, I should go down right now. And I told him, call me back. If my mom doesn't understand or you need me to come down, I'll come down. I'll be there in an hour. And I didn't. And then I realized when I was there Saturday at 2 o'clock, I had missed that opportunity because my mom was in a coma. And I can't go back and redo Friday night, the 27th. It's just the way it is. Phil Petronas was dying of cancer, my good friend in England. I'm at the bank. I'm in line. I see it's his number. He's got cancer. I'm like, I just, I'm busy. I got things to do today. I don't have time right now. He died the next day. He was calling to say goodbye. You cannot change yesterday, ever. Yet today, and sensitivity to the Lord for tomorrow. And when he tells you what to do, you need to do it. And some things are very time sensitive. And when God says what to do, it might be messy, it might even be ugly. Lots of people might have opinions about it, for or against But by the grace of God, you need to act upon what he tells you to do in any situation, broad application, and in this situation, absolutely. Because God said, you need to go and go there. There's no, what about Laban? How do we like agree to this? Do we do like a a legal binding contract? How we're going to separate the assets or whatever? He says, go. And what did he do? He got his wives together and he said, look, this is the deal. God spoke to me. You know what your dad's done to me? And they said, he's not only done it to you, he's done it to us. We've all seen this for 20 years. We've seen it. We're with you. And by the way, ladies, isn't that wonderful? When the husband has to do some radical, profound things, they're life-changing for everybody. Isn't that radical and, and special? They say, we're with you. Whatever it is that you think you need to do, we're with you. So his family has unity. And he says, all right, I've got my family, my sons, my daughters. I've got my assets, my wealth. Pack it up. We're leaving tomorrow morning. It wasn't a clean move. There wasn't clean handshakes. Everyone's happy. Okay, Laban, you know, send you a Christmas card. It was messy. And he did the best he could. And that's what life is, isn't it, sometimes? Isn't it sometimes just the best you can do? Some people are not reconcilable. Some people are not going to give you a blessing for the, the next decision that God's calling you to do. There's nothing you can do about it. Some people might never, ever forgive you. There's nothing you can do about it. But you do control what God has told you to do. And in this case, God told Jacob, hey, go now, I'm with you. And you can say, well, what about Laban? What about separating the assets? There's always a what about, isn't there? Don't you, you know that, right? There's always like, well, what about, and you know, when you learn a foreign language, you learn the who, what, when, where, why, and how. Quienes, por qué, como. You know, like you just, those are those, when you learn the language, you just learn those things. You learn those words. Shto, kato, gidi, Russian, what, where, kak, how. That's what you do. 
There's always who it was. When God appeared to Jeremiah, he said, hey, you're going to do this. And he goes, uh, how? I'm a youth. Forget the how. When God says this is what needs to happen, action. And that's what you see here with Jacob. There's action. God told him. He didn't ask God what to do. God came and told him what to do in this very difficult, tangled, chime situation. And said, this is what you do. You go back now. It's time to go back. And I've seen what's going on with you. You go back now. And you could say, well, how about, what about this thing? And it's not the way I want it to go. And you just, man, you got to do what you got to do. And things are time sensitive. And it says here, this is very encouraging to me. Because we're just not quite sure all that's going on between the Lord and Jacob, except he's going to wrestle with the angel of the Lord himself in the upcoming chapter. The wife said, whatever God says, you do it. And it says in verse 17, Jacob arose, and he's going. All that he gained in Padamaram, he's going to Isaac, he's going to the land of Canaan, and he's, it says he stole away in verse 20. Like, he's scared. Like, I'm, hey, my father-in-law's gone for three days. It's, let's go. It might not be pretty when we get to Gilead or whatever, but we got to go. You can, over, you, you can overthink things like, well, what's going to happen in five days when Laban comes back? And he comes after me with his army. He's going he's to hang us all up. He's going to take his wife. He's going to execute me on a mountain, take his wives back, take my kids back, his grandkids, and it's the end of me. You cannot think like that. Ever. The what ifs. It's just, God said, do it. Get on with it. There's action. And again, the context here is injustices. God sees it. He knows. He's speaking what to do and then the responsibility of doing it. If he says, let it go, let it go. If he says, you have to fight this, you have to fight it. Whatever it is, as best you can discern, you do it and you obey. And it's, it may not be pretty. And it may not look really logically planned out the way you'd want to. Some people really like to plan things out. This is pretty messy, wouldn't you agree? This is a pretty messy departure. You live somewhere for 20 years and Uncle Laban, father-in-law's gone, and you're just like, Oh, hey, everyone got, pack it up, pack it up, pack it up. The kids are like, can you see Jacob and <laughs> uh, Jacob's kids, all of them, like Zebulun, Nephtali, Reuben, like, what, 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 what's going on? Hey, pack it up, pack it up, fold up the tents. Like, what, 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 what's going on? Like, I mean, yeah, we're just, come on, let's go. Dinah, like, what's happening, Pop? You know, like, it's life. It's not always pretty, and it can get pretty messy. But in this story, we see the last thing is the necessity of the action to act upon as best you know how that moment, that timing, what God has shown you to do the next thing. And when you're in recovery, they always say one day at a time. My sister says that a lot. When you're dealing with the kind of stuff we're dealing with and what life brings all of us, especially with grief, you just say, what's the next thing? The next thing. What's the next thing? Is it is it the death certificate? Is it calling the friends across country? Okay, let's, let's see that list again. What's, what's the next thing? Okay, the next thing. The obituaries, that's right. And you're, and you're in a fog. It's eclectic. I go to Picasso. To me, it's all eclectic when you're dealing with grief. Donna mentioned it's like a fuzzy photo. Like it's fuzzy. It's, it's just, it's the next thing. And sometimes that's what life is. It's just the next thing, as best you can discern, God has told you to do. 
and you act upon it, and you do it. And if there's a showdown in the mountains of Gilead later on, that's what there is. You might not live to see that day. It's the next thing that God is showing you this day. And again, this context is how to deal with the injustices. It's all here for us in God's word to grow and learn. And so if there's been injustices against you, I encourage you to know that the Lord knows it. If he's already resolved it, good for you. If he hasn't, give it to the Lord. If there's things that you need to do, if there's calls you need to make, you want to do it. And if you know what the next thing is in this context, maybe there's things you need to let go and just say, you know what, we're done. We're going to give that to the Lord. Maybe that's it. If it's standing firm on defense of others, and that's what God's saying to do, hold the line, then hold the line and do that. Greater love has no man or a woman than to lay down their life for others, Jesus himself said. And the broader context, of course, is the next thing. May God guide us in understanding what that is as we go forward in 2020. Life is never easy. It is never easy, and it has great realities, and there's no way around it. But by his grace and by his word, he will certainly guide us, comfort us, strengthen us, and bring us through all of our experiences, whatever the day may bring. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.